Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Get this uh, this deck list, man. This this Fire Earth list is just really, really like revving my engine, and it's really in my blood right now. Just trying to uh, trying to get this thing figured out, dude. Was, man, I want it. I want it to have work so bad, so bad. Yeah, I think it's gonna be okay. By the way, you are recording, right? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, we're live. Oh, well, I guess uh, in that case, in that case, let me put my hair up because it's time to time to get down to business. Guys, welcome back to the next episode of the RVA Returners podcast. We are back. Sorry, I was gone for a week. I've uh, been busy uh, moving, getting uh, things painted, and I'm getting the stink eye right now because I'm not painting. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, is Adam Lane. And, uh, man, it's good to be back. Good to be back. How have you been? I'm good. Yeah, we're phoning it in today. Um, so the quality drops off. That's kind of kind of what's there. Yeah. Um, I blame myself for that. You know, we, we have been pretty busy. It's so funny. Like, we were just, like, talking about wanting to do more with the channel like after Nats but we just had so much that we're doing like right after Nats so we've just we've just been busy with real life and you know yeah. once I get unpacked and get my office set up I'll actually be able to do a lot more of the recording like I had initially planned but it's just a matter of getting the walls painted and all that stuff so you know that's you know, that's that yep but uh but you know we 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 got a lot to talk about cuz we you know we have we haven't done this in a couple weeks but we we need to start things off, you know, in a classic way. Adam, I, I think you know what's coming. You know what we like to start things off with around here. What's that? And that's the news. Oh, so 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 headlines uh, this week. So. We did our, our second episode of our Breakfast Club yesterday, so we're not going to go crazy with all the spoilers that we've missed. We actually went over those yesterday, and uh, this last crop of spoilers was very. Uh, I get, I, I all, not a lot of these cards were groundbreaking. Yeah, I and mean, we've all kind of seen them at this point. Yep, and there's five that they've shown since we did that, so I guess we'll just go over those five. I don't want to like go through all the ones we went. If you want to see those, like, and the opinions of everybody else on those, you can just watch the. The other video. Um, yep. yep. So, so, so I think we'll start with the ones they... Uh, yeah, go ahead and let's start with the ones that they reviewed over this weekend at uh, Euros, which we'll talk about as well. Yeah, I'll start with Bramzo first. So he's a 1CP Lightning Forward. He's 2K. Mm -hmm. uh, if he has 4,000 or more power, he has Haste. If he has 6,000 or more power, he has Brave. If he has 8,000 or more power, he has First Strike. And then for one Lightning, you can give him 2,000 power until end of turn. So. Dude, I think this card is excellent. Excellent. Because... If you really look at it, he's a 1CP 2K, but for 4, if you look at it for 4, he becomes a 4CP 8K with all of the keywords. Yep. Like, the card is excellent. Um, and being able to Zemus him back for 1 in Mono Lightning, like, he, he's a threat. That guy is a constant threat. Yep. Yeah, the Zemus point is pretty good. Um, he's a CP dump, right? Like, oh, big time. <clears throat> you have to constantly yeah. keep putting CP into him to make him really good. But you're giving him mm -hmm. keywords, so it's not bad. Um, yeah, like he, he's great. Like when you get the four backups, like he, he's he's almost like an like an Alua in a sense where he's just a threat the the turn he comes out because you can play him, you know, pay him pay for one, and if you see the opportunity to swing with him, like if you think it could close out a game or you know really swing things in your favor, you know, pay that other three, get him in there, or 
Yeah, because is one of the keywords he gets brave. Yeah, he gets all of them. It's uh oh man, haste. I think then brave then first. Or no, hold on. Let me double check the order. It's uh it's haste then brave then first strike. Yeah, I was right the first time. Yeah, so that's crazy. You could just swing with him, you know, pay the other three backups, so you're going to do damage and keep him up, and then he's a threat on defense too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. There's a lot of things you could do with him. I don't think he's like broken or anything or no, crazy all, strong, but he's, but he's definitely good. Yeah, I agree. I think he he does a lot for Mono Lightning. Uh, great for Tactics title, like they really needed that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely probably going to go in there. And like he's, I think Zemus is probably one of the cooler things. It's just a one CP target for Zemus. Yeah, like yeah, and I think it makes him such a such a recurring threat. So yeah, he's a good card. Excellent. Yeah, and then the the next card is Laswell. Uh, it's a two yeah, CP. Yeah, it's a two CP ice forward. Four uh, K. When he enters the field, choose a dull four. Deal at five K. If you control five or more ice characters, deal at seven. Uh, this is another card I actually like, and the more I think about it, I think it's. Granted, the immediate comparison comes to mind is Sid Reigns, right? Because Sid Reigns kind of does the same thing, but Sid Reigns also has that upside of, uh, you know, if you kill something, they have to discard a card. Yep. Um, I, I think both of those cards can work in tandem. I don't think this card, like Sid Reigns, belongs in, like, turbo builds, but I think he's a, uh, a Fire Ice superstar or Ice X kind of guy, or even, like, the mid-range Ice decks that could benefit from him. Yeah, I think he's solid. Um, I think... In order for him to be really good, you're gonna have you're gonna want to run him in tandem with Sid Reigns because I think I'd rather have Sid Reigns over this guy. Just, mm-hmm. I think the discard is more important in the sure. in, in the tempo builds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can easily get him to seven k. It's not like it's hard to do. Exactly, and uh, and Sid Reigns does have an extra k of power, which could be relevant. To- yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think they're both good. I think they can both see play. They can both see play in the same shell. Like I, I'm immediately looking at Laswell for Fire Ice because I think just you'll you'll be able to get the characters, you know. So you'll be constantly doing the seven, and plus it ju- it's just good in conjunction with all of the other burn that it has, like Zell and Celis and you know VP and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Then the next spoiler is a uh, uh, emo tempest spoiler, which is Waka. Yeah, uh, he's a two CP water backup. Uh, tap, choose a category 10 forward you control, it gains a thousand power to end a turn. Yeah, I like him. He's just like Ondor for category 10, but I think what makes him better than Ondor is category 10 is a lot more relevant. And, you know, this this Waka could easily go into like the Wind Water YRP decks, uh, whereas you're probably not playing the Anthem Waka in those decks. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's a Guardian, so... Which also helps, for yeah, sure. If that archetype becomes really good, then he'll be pretty good there because he counts toward that. Um, yeah, definitely great in title, that's for sure. Yeah, I like him in like the the more forward-focused uh, YRP stuff, but I mean, he could also just make... He also could just be a cheap backup in Wind Water that makes pain in 8k. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Could be pretty good. And maybe you're running another 10 forwards at that point. Um, mm-hmm. He buffs Sid, right? He buffs, Sid. he buffs Sid. He sure does. So now sends a 10k. Love that. Yeah. I mean, I think he's solid. And it's a 2CP backup. So it's like, you know, not like it's hard to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So then the last two, uh, the first one is T- Talika. I think that's how you say mm-hmm. it. She's a Crystal Chronicles mm-hmm. 4, 2CP, 5k. Uh, her field ability is you can discard light and dark element cards from your hand to produce CP. Uh, light cards produce two light CP, dark cards produce two dark CP. 
I actually think that card's pretty neat. Um, in what capacity will it see play? I don't know. Um, because it it does. I, I like this card because it does kind of declunk your hands when when you're when you know because that's the only problem with light and dark cards, right? They tend to gum up your hand and can make turns awkward. Yeah. Where if you have this thing on the board, which again it's easy to remove, but it does allow you it does allow you the option to ungum your hand in those moments where you are kind of just like in this weird spot. Like those, those decks where you've drawn two Nidhogs and you're like, well, shit, I can't do anything with this. Yeah, I think it gets better with time. Um, sure, I agree. The more stuff they print can make this more relevant. Uh, also, if mm. they print more things like this, it could you could potentially maybe see like a dark heavy deck that's actually play, like good and competitive you know oh absolutely but right absolutely. now i think it's a new yeah right now i don't think it's good enough right now but it's definitely something to keep looking at as they print more stuff and as they pr if they print something else like this i don't think one card like this is enough for you to warrant for like a 30 year mm -hmm. deck to be dark but if they yeah, print a few more cards um it could be really good yeah, I agree with that 100. It, it's it's a neat. I, I like the the concept and the the potential the card has for sure. Yeah, and then the last one's a legendary. Um, it's Lon. Um, he's a four CP AK. Uh, if you control a card named Rain, he's gets plus a thousand power. Uh, mm -hmm. When Lon deals damage to your opponent or to a forward, choose a forward. You may pay three fire and one colorless. If you do, deal damage equal to Lon's power. Deal it damage equal to Lon's power. Yeah. Man, I really like this card, and it's a little bittersweet, though, right? Because, I mean, I I had heard, you know, what this card was going to be. And to see it, it's like, man, that, that paying that four is a little expensive. But I, I, I think, I don't know, like, I, I want to like this card, and I really, really will be testing it out to see, like, what kind of I, clearly the, the the three fire CP and the one colorless like really make you have to focus on like have a fire heavy backup line or a fire heavy you know deck to really maximize that value. But then, but what sucks is that type of ability is really something you see in Earth, and a lot of Earth cards really play to that very very well. So it, it's tough. It's it's a real tough card to build around, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 decent. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's like garbage or anything. I do think it's definitely another one of those cards. It's a CP sync again, kind of like Ramza, mm -hmm. but he costs four. Uh, and then every time you have to pay for him, it costs four. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's even more of a CP sync than Ramza is. Right. So, I think in order for you to play him, for him to be like really scary, you have to be set up, kind of. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He is definitely like a finisher type card, but. What the crazy thing is, like when we're in this situation where you're looking at fire finishers and the the what land does, I'd much rather try to use a uh, Birdman like uh, Vermilion Bird Joe you because I think if I don't know like I, well I, the the nice thing about I, I, land I, I, is like uh -huh. he Birdman has to kill a, like deal damage to a forward and kill it. Land right. can just hit you in the face, so yeah. like you, it's hard to decide whether or not you want to block land or not. Birdman is basically unblockable until the last point of damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why I think uh, I think a card like Illusionist will be really neat in these builds with them because it's like, cool, true. go ahead, I'm going to thing block me, and then I'm going to kill that thing. Like, like, there's some really neat, really neat lines of play, and that that's what I'm looking to test. 
and that's that's why my thoughts are kind of jumbled. I've literally been sitting here just on FF decks, like proxying cards and making notes and taking, you know, just really trying to do some stuff here. So yeah, yeah I think the card just in what capacity. Yeah, I think he's going to require a lot of testing, uh, but I think I think he's a good card. Yeah, um, right now I'm starting as maybe like a one or a two of, and then going from there, that kind of thing. Yeah, he makes rain relevant again too. The opus one, so I, yeah. Yeah, because that's a burst that searches him out, which is real good. It, it buffs him too, I think, right? Uh, yeah. You you uh, you have to pay for it. It's a fire. It's a fire yeah. colorless and tap. I mean, and, I, uh, yeah. that also could make the uh the there's that other waff forward uh Huen or whatever her name is. Yeah, she gets buffed based on how many uh waff characters you control. Yeah. yeah, you start playing those, you could be sitting on a two CP nine K, which might not be bad. Yeah, but. if waff's good enough, we'll see. Um, exactly. But yeah, I mean but, that's that's all the spoilers pretty much. Yeah, that brings us up to date on the spoilers. But you know, one of the, a couple of things that happened this weekend. You know, most of those spoilers, with the exception of Waka, there was a, there was a little event happening overseas. It was the uh, this this was this determined the last six spots for Worlds. So that was Euros, uh, the Euros twenty eighteen, and uh, big shout out to uh, Alex uh, Hancock's Mister Cool for taking this whole thing down. Yep. Yeah, he he played really well. Uh, he did not play turbo, which uh, you know. yeah, yeah. What was he on? He was on wind, earth, and wind, wind. water units. No, I think it was wind, earth, and mono water fasoya. I believe. Okay, mono water fasoya. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. And then yeah, to note like you like basically what you just said. Uh, it it was a two deck format, so you had to bring two decks with no no more than three cards between the two decks of, of like a certain card. Yep. So, so you had to kind of bring variety. Um, I was expecting to see a lot more turbo than I saw. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I saw any water ice at all. Wind no. water was everywhere. Like everybody mm-hmm. was playing wind water. Um, yep, mono and, water was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mono, I, it was mono lightning. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many made the top cut. I'm sure a few, but it, I saw it a lot in Swiss um, as yeah. people's like first or second deck. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting format. It makes certain things better because you have to kind of weigh your options because you have to bring two decks mm-hmm. um like we were talking about earlier like w- water ice wasn't there at all really that mm-hmm. i saw and i mean i guess the reason for that is, is like if you're playing wind water mono water then you can't play water ice and if you play water yep. ice you also limit in yourself from playing other ice cards you know so yep it's kind of hard to juggle yep. um i didn't see a lot of scions you said one was in the top cut i think yeah there was one in the top cut i think it finished i want to say it was in the top eight list Wait, it, was okay. either, it was in the top like number nine and it was the only Scion list there, and I can't remember what their other deck was. I think the other deck they were running with Scions was uh, Wind Water, which, again, those if you're if you're running those two decks, I think those are two decks that that complement each other. But then I think the other thing when you have a two deck format is usually the other one is going to kind of fill in your matchup gaps, or at least that should be the mentality behind. It. Yep. So I don't know if Wind Water fills out the gaps that Scion, you know, like it does. Does that help Scion's bad matchups? I'm not sure. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really played enough of the format, but I think maybe this format also is like their answer to maybe fix like a meta that kind of got a little stale. I think, but no, no, for sure. You know, you have a new set coming out too, so uh, maybe that'll help it too. And that'll and we'll kind of get into our thought on that and why we're you know why that's because that's a good segue into the main topic later, because um, yeah, Opus Six is coming down the home stretch. But I, I thought like you know I, I thought as far as you know, the presentation of Euros, um, Lucas and uh, Josephir Joe did a they all did a great job. 
Palm, yeah, I mean, Shaka, they did. Yeah, they. Yeah, they did a lot of things to help with in between rounds. I think, which is uh, something I feel like they should continue to do. Like they were showing deck lists. They were doing player yeah, interviews. I like the way they did that. Yeah. Really like the way they had the deck list out so people could see the cards, look at the counts, and like stuff like that is just great. Especially like, you know, like we were over at an event, which we'll get into here in a little bit. You know, we're watching it on TV and we're just like, oh, wow, look at this list. They're running one of that. Oh, wow, three of this, two of the. Like, it, it's neat just seeing that stuff and having conversation points with people. And also, the, if you're in the chat on Twitch and they're conversing about that, it, it's. It, it creates more more interaction, which is what I think the the streams for this game are are you know are lacking right now. Yep. So yeah. I thought the event was really well, and obviously you can find those videos on demand. Yeah, they're um, on the Square Enix's official Twitch, which is also a big deal. Like they did it on their official Twitch channel. Like I feel like we should do yeah. that. I mean, I guess we like Square Enix presents as like the official YouTube channel, but mm-hmm. uh, it felt like a lot more people were watching this event than uh, typical stuff. Uh, yeah, because I did see, I noticed a lot of times when I tuned in, there were people tuning in. They're like, oh, what's this? There was a lot of, oh, what's this? Oh, that's cool. Or I have no idea what's going on. What is this? And I know there was somebody in the chat. I don't know if it was a moderator, if it was somebody, or if it was Joe or Lucas saying, hey, it's a Final Fantasy card game. There's this awesome starter set coming out in a week. You yeah. know, it's a good place to pick up the game. I thought that, I, and, and speaking of that, I know there's been, you know, Square actually did some some advertising for the card game. So like I, I think they're they're really putting it out there a little bit more, which is nice. It's really really nice to see. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I mean the last thing I'll say about Euros, I mean, and I think you kind of already said it. Like with that, we have like the full s- lineup for Worlds now, all thirty-two players. Um, yeah. So uh, do do uh, do we have that list handy? I I, I, I have it on hand. I don't know if we want to go through all thirty-two names. Uh, but yeah. Well, we we've also shared it. The uh, Meta Potion uh, did an article and released about it. We shared that on our page. So you can always go to the RVA Returners page and uh, check that out. Uh, big thank you to the guys at Meta Potion for putting you know compiling that list and shipping it out like that. Yep. And then yeah. So now they got to start making their three decks, uh, and they have to look for they have to look at the new set because they're going to be playing on the new format. So. I'd imagine they're probably, you know, probably hunkered down when they see new cards come out, assessing those interactions and probably proxying and testing. Justin. Yep. So, yeah. So that wasn't the only event happening this weekend. We had a, you know, another massive event happening here in uh, Richmond. It was a, um, you know, the Cecil Cup. Uh, it was a event put together by good old Top Eight Johnny, a regular fixture here. It was actually for his birthday. His birthday was on Friday. And we're recording this on Sunday and, you know, the Cecil Cup game on Saturday. I just covered our entire weekend. But it was fun. We had three different events. Uh, we had a pauper tournament, which was a lot of fun. We had a constructed tournament, just a standard constructed tournament. And then we did an Opus 3, Opus 4 draft. Yep. Um, uh, Austin Dickute from Fredericks- Fredericksburg took all three events. It was, uh, you know, they came down to Johnny's house and ruined his birthday. But, uh Austin took um, Popper, Curtis won the Constructed, and Curtis won Draft as well. Um, so it was a really neat event. Um, I, you know, big you know, shout outs to Johnny and Sarah, and I believe they they had their roommate. His name was Mark or Micah. You know, he, he kind of came and went, but you know, you know, shout outs for their just fantastic hospitality and really you know just allowing everybody to come. And everybody was super chill. We had really nice setups. Uh, we did stream this event. Things got a little wild because there was alcohol involved. Yeah, it was fun though. Uh, yeah, yeah, Popper was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had the double setup, and then yeah, you played Popper, um, and then I played Standard. 
So. Yep, and then we both did the uh, the draft. Which, as much as I don't like doing limited, I think drafting is fun. Just especially, I I like limited in a casual atmosphere. I don't like it in a competitive atmosphere because I'm not good at it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like like for Magic, one of my favorite things to do. I love doing conspiracy drafts, which is really really cool from those particular sets and. Just, just drafting these these cards last night, like older sets, like cards that we all had, and we were just like, oh man, this is a lot of fun, and we we're just, you know, like, and it was kind of cool. Opus three and four, doing those together, like they, they actually have some really good synergies that, between the two sets. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it, that's fun it, to maybe look at in the future. Yeah, I know I had Steiner Beatrix was one that I had. Yeah, um, yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, I got I got dumpstered though by Marsh. Couldn't deal with Marsh. Ooh. Um, yeah, Marsh is tough. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, I'm glad I got to play standard. I got to play like a fun deck, and I did okay. Yeah, yeah, you've actually finished second in that thing, playing your Final Fantasy VII deck. Yeah, everybody was joking and calling it a title deck. Yeah, <laughs> but, pretty uh, much. But yeah, That's what we're naming. Yeah, but it was pretty good. Uh, Tifa was like pretty insane uh, most of the day. I think she won me most of my games. Uh, mm-hmm. Won me more games than Vincent won me. To be honest, oh, I hear that. Well, because yeah, um, people are just looking to remove him as soon as he hits the board. Yeah, nobody really would let me death penalty at all. Uh, he mm-hmm. just kind of either like if I got him down, I couldn't play anything behind him. He'd get like fanforted or slight oh, yeah. things like that. Um, and then when I played against Turbo, uh, I could get him down because I wasn't drawing Earth cards to be able to play him. So yeah, that too, and you got Gesper locked real hard. Yeah, I mean, the first game uh, against Curtis in finals, um, I had Yuffie Vincent in my opening hand. Mm. And I'm like, okay, even if he makes me pitch three cards, um, all I got to do is draw an Earth card, and then I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. And I drew Fire Fire after that, and oh, no. then I was pretty much locked out. I couldn't really play anything. And then, the, and then the second game, I ran out of gas, and he was able to get the second Gasper online, and it kind of locked me out because I had no backups. Yeah, that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. Uh, same same goes for me, man. I finished second in Pauper. RVA Returners, man. Second place for life. That's what we do. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. the whole day was fun. Uh, I think yeah. you're posting the results, right? So they'll be up soon. Yeah, I've, I've got all the deck lists. Uh, Steven just gave me his. So I'm going to go ahead and post those up so everybody can look at the list on FF decks. And I, you know, I, I know, you know, we always talk about alternate formats. You know, we love title here in RVA. I, Popper has gotten such a positive response around here too. Like people love taking these cards and just experimenting with them. And it's, it's again, it's a format where you can take all the all these bulk cards that are just taking up. You know, like you've got these long boxes full of these bulk commons and rares. Like make some decks out of them. It, like Popper is another great way to get people into because you can make a Popper deck for like three dollars and. Here you go. Give the give this to here a new player. Take this and let's learn how to play the game. You know. Yep. Yeah, it's so, a good starting place. So. Yeah, I agree. I had a ton, ton, ton of fun with it. So, it was good. We'll definitely look to you know incorporate Popper into some more events that we're trying to do. Like I think a, I think a team trios event where someone's playing constructed, someone's playing title, and someone's playing Popper would be a neat thing to experiment with. Yeah, if we could get enough people, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm trying to think. What other, uh, well, as far as other news you know, around, we've got a couple things coming up. Uh, pre-releases next weekend. Yep. Which is going to be a lot of fun. We've got four happening here in Richmond. Uh, we've got three on Saturday and one on Sunday. Um, 
I know on Saturday I won't be able to make them because I have a uh, birthday party that I'm going to uh, for a one-year-old family member. And it's just it'll be nice to get away from Richmond for a little bit, just you know, hang out with family and stuff like that. I might try my best to because we got one. It's like what in the er, like eleven a.m. like one p.m. I think. Okay. Oh, you're talking about on on Saturday. Yeah. On Saturday, it's twelve, four, four, and eight. Okay. I might try to my best to get home for the eight o'clock one, but I can't promise anything. But I know I'm one hundred percent going to the one on Sunday. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make two. So. Yeah, because if I because I really just want one deck box. If I because what's going to happen is there's, these deck boxes are going to be all over the place, and if I want more than one, I know somebody will be like, "Here, do you want a deck box? Here you go." Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to trade one for the EU one. Yeah, I do want the white one, man. The white one looks real dope. So that way, I have one yeah. of each. Yeah, so we've got so pre-release is going to be next weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. The week after that is um. Soldier series. That's that soldier uh, soldier series soldier showdown. I don't know. At yeah. this point. We're, call, we're calling it we're calling it soldier series because soldier showdown is just too hard to say. It just doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nice. But um, yeah. So we got the soldier series number three, and we've got some sick prizes for that. We've got a custom play mat for first place. We've got it's a win a case event, so we've got a case of Opus Seven in the prize pool. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going nice, and it's the weekend of release of Opus Seven. So it's going to be the Wild West. Like we're going to see a lot of neat strategies, a lot of new stuff, or we may just see people coming in with Turbo or something established yeah. to try to win. <laughs> I was going to say you might see some old strategies actually, but yeah, yeah but that's fine. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with taking an exist- existing deck, throwing like three cards in it, and going to a tournament because we all know about that life. Yep. But then, uh, and then the week after that, we've got that big, big little, uh, a big event happening in Fredericksburg up at your hobby place, uh, the Cauldron Cup. Yep. Yeah, that's getting a lot of buzz, man. I know uh, we've a lot of out of towners want to come for that one. We've, uh, you know, the Florida guys are probably going to come up for that one. I know some of some of them are. Um, I know the Pennsylvania guys and the Jersey guys are coming down for that. So it's going to be a big event. And I know uh, Curtis definitely sweetened the pot that if we get over 80 participants, he's going to buy, he's going to pay for the airfare to the winner for a crystal cup of their choice in North America. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you call, you know, just a just a good old-fashioned incentive. So I think I really think we can hit that 80 mark, and we would love to see people come out for sure. Now, big shout-outs to Tej, uh, Travis Hart, uh, who kind of put this whole cauldron thing together, man? You know, he's a huge, huge, um, just just a great personality in this community, and just a, a just a the backbone of the uh, scene up there in Fredericksburg, man. Just does great work up there. Yeah, and then the week after that is the Supernova Cup, which we should be streaming. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad hey. and Michael are throwing that together, and they're running it with the two deck format. So that yeah, should which be pretty be- fun. Yeah, and uh, Muhammad actually showed me the playmat. It came in today. It's a really nice looking Renoa playmat for the winner of that thing. So, yeah, so we should be at all three of those events, and they should be streaming too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much playing we're gonna get done, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we may like alternate. Like I don't know if one of us wants to commentate, uh, if one of us wants to play in the soldier event, and then the other wants to play in the uh, Nova, the supernova event. Like I don't, I don't mind. Like here's the thing, I don't mind sharing duties. I don't have to play in all of them. I know. Uh, I know I typically get a positive response when I'm in the commentator uh, commentator's booth. So uh, we've got, you know, we've we've got options. Yeah. So yeah, that that's about that about covers the news. So I mean, we got we've a lot has happened. A lot's coming up. So it's just a good time in the community. 
So now that the news is over, let's go ahead and get into our main topic. Um, and we want to talk about, you know, the the concept or just I guess I guess the the theory of, of banning and eroding cards in card games. And I know that's not that none, none of that has happened yet in this game, with the exception of the one top one version of Jesse for title that would just probably bust it wide open. Mm-hmm. But I know. There's a card that it, you know, I'm sure the minute people heard what we were talking about, the one card that unanimously came to mind was Gesper. Yeah. So, Adam, go ahead. I'll let you, I'll let you kind of start things off. I know, um, you know, that's something that has been just kind of, you know, pe- people are kind of they're they're asking for it without really asking for it because it it unfortunately with with this new set coming, I guess I'll lead in with this and I'll let you take it away. Um. When we're looking at all these new cards and talking about all these new deck ideas, like we immediately, like the first thing we say is like, oh, wow, you can't play that card against Turbo. Or, you know, if they double Gesper you, that card doesn't matter. Or if Gesper's out, that card doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you start really shitting on your own ideas because of this one unfair card and this one very, very popular and powerful archetype. Yeah. So. What are your thoughts? Uh, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this too. So there's nothing wrong with a card keeping things in check. I'll say that, number one. Sure. Dotaluma also is a card that when you're building a deck, you have to think mm-hmm. about um, because you're just like, okay, how can my deck deal with him? Sure. Uh, and you can do the same thing with Gesper. The problem is Gesper decks, or Turbo is what they're most commonly called, um, mm-hmm. it, are can put you in a position where you can't even play the cards that you're put in to counter Gesper. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Dottaluma, like, yeah, he can get to points where he almost locks you out of a game, but that requires generally setup, and you can put answers in your deck, and if you see them, usually you'll be able to play them. Um, yep. And the problem, and like I just said, the problem with Gesper is you, you sometimes you can't, and, and when I say sometimes, that's might be 50% of your games. Yeah, um, and the game is a literal coin flip. Yeah, and I mean, and good players will will play the turbo matchup well, and sometimes you can still lose. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of the deck. And I'm not saying that an aggro deck shouldn't exist. I think aggro decks are good things for a meta game to have. I just mm-hmm. don't like how this aggro deck exists. Um, because I, I think it, most importantly, I think it's unfun. Um, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if either player is having fun looking at Gesper from wherever they're sitting. Um, I mean, I, if you like winning, sure. I mean, that's great. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, I like winning, don't get me wrong. But, like, it's just not fun. Um, it put, it creates game states that are just, like, uninteractive and boring. Uh, yeah, and a great example of that was in game two last night in the finals against Curtis. You, you, you had a, you know... You, you actually had a really solid momentum going. Then the minute he played two Gespers, all it took, all it took was one not optimal draw, and then you were out of the game. Yeah. You were immediately out of the game because two Gespers said, "Guess what? You cannot play another card this game." Yeah, I probably went like ten turns or something like that uh, without being able to play a card because um, mm-hmm. I would either draw like a fire card to Earth card. Or something that was too expensive and something, you know, and I couldn't play it. Um, exactly. And I mean, granted, I could have built my deck better to deal better with Turbo. And I think good players are doing that. 
But it's not like it's still not winning. I mean, it's not winning everything. And I get that argument. Like, a lot of people are saying it's not winning everything. So, like, why ban it? Um, yeah. I just think it makes the... It's just... I don't know. I don't think it's healthy for the game in general. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not winning everything. Uh, I still think it's the best deck in the in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... I don't think it has a worse matchup than a 50-50. Like, you can tech all day for it. But if it goes first... Uh, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, then then they can yeah they can make it where it doesn't matter unless they just have a bad draw, and they're building their decks now to the point where it's just like they're they're building their decks to be as consistent as possible to get two or three cards out of your hand turn one, so you're losing half your hand before you get to play, and then if they get Gesper, they're gonna lock you out of the game. Well, and then not only that, right? Like I think one of the other. Um, what am I trying to say here? Like a deck like Turbo for a deck that's that initially was kind of build as a very one-dimensional, very brainless kind of deck. That deck has constantly evolved, I'd say, since you know, Jordan, uh, Jonathan, and the Canadian guys brought probably the most optimal build at the time to Gen Con, right? And ever since then, we have just watched this deck evolve. So not only did Curtis lock you out with the double Gesper, he's just straight brick-walled you with Renoa. And Renoa is a more recent addition to the deck. So now... You know, Gesper has locked your hand out of the game, and Renoa pretty much says if you try to play, if you try to play the game with the cards you have now, now you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, so, it's like I said, I want aggro decks to exist. Um, oh, absolutely, they need to. That's the the you know the rock paper scissors kind of thing of the game. Yeah, I just don't like that. That's the, what we're dealing with now, and I, like I said, I feel like uh, most importantly above everything is it's just not fun at all like and I, and i'm not saying i want everything to turn into just like mid-range tempo matchups but just like give me an aggro deck that's not that um right. and i think gesper right. is the real problem like i don't i don't mind if that deck just beat you by going turn one triple discard and then eventually ran out of steam right that's fine mm-hmm. but the well, fact that's what that deck is supposed to. yeah but the fact that they can get two gespers online in a pretty good amount of games Mm-hmm. And it, they just don't run out of steam because you don't have any steam to try to stop them. Like, mm-hmm. um, you can't really ever play anything that costs, you know, more than three because most of the time you're only <laughs> going to get one backup down. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to get two or three backups down, you probably just win. If you can mm-hmm. like not die before you do that. Yep. Um, but the problem is like you're trying to keep up with their board, and then they have answers to pretty much a lot of different board states. Uh, there there are forwards that they have trouble dealing with, but. Sidal Stain, mm-hmm. for the most part, deals with 90% of them, except for, like, you know, Vincent and stuff like that. Right. Uh, it's just rough. And, I mean, I guess to go more to the concepts, because I've basically been, like, complaining about Gesper, and it's more about, like, the generic concept of banning and eroding. People mm-hmm. uh, people make mistakes, and that includes the people that make the cards, right? And, and test the mm-hmm. cards. And that's fine. I mean, as long as it's not, like, something that's happening every single time. Um, mm-hmm. I just want them to admit... <laughs> That this card is dumb, because I think it's dumb. Um, well, and here's and here's the thing, right? And I'm I'm glad you said that because one of the big things is you know we, you and I played card games for a long time, and I and I remember when Gesper came out in Opus Four, nobody batted an eye at it. Well, like, so the card, like, nope. yeah, I'll, I'll say when I were when I reviewed it, I was like, this card has potential to be really good, uh, but in the current builds of Ice, like you, there's no point because you don't want to like hurt your own hand. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But I, I knew the effect was strong. Just no one was using it properly. Mm-hmm. And I think it took the additions of other cards. Mm-hmm. Because um, we saw tur- we initially saw Turbo, I believe, at the it was at the not was at the end of Opus Four, or the beginning of Opus Five. Because it was it was at one of the uh, one of the masters. Like, I think it was at like a Thailand tournament or something like that. Where mm-hmm. I know I first saw it, where it was just you know nine backups, Squall Laguna, Gesper, Flan, like. That's when this concept first came out. And then it wasn't really until, um, I don't know, when when Squall oh, yeah. was released. Yeah, Opus 6 that's blew the gates wide open. Yeah, Right, that's what really made the deck powerful. So now here, here's, now here, here's, I guess, where the counter-argument. Gesper is clearly the card that makes that deck, the engine that makes that deck run. But with the deck, and we, we, you and I have actually had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Is Gesper the card they ban, or do they ban Sid Allstate? I think I think it's or dumb. They, yeah, I get what you're saying. Or do they ban Squall? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's, and, and that's what makes the, the, this argument hard. Remember, we uh to, to hark back to the old versus days. Remember uh, the Doctor Light fiasco? Yeah, they banned all the cards except for Doctor Light. Yeah. Right, they banned rigged elections. They banned uh, Devil's Due. They banned Fiddler. They banned. Uh, well, Ramatut was the first one. Yeah, yeah. and then they, then they, yeah, they banned Ramatut. And that card was Fiddler. garbage. That card was garbage until Doctor Light came out. Right, right, and that, and I think that was the thing. I think most people, and then I, I'm going to take this back to Gesper. Most people thought that card was garbage because of the way the game was being played at the time. That why would I want to pitch my hand to make you pitch yours? Yeah. Um. So like it, it's such it's such a weird because like the concept is weird because we like the entire community knows Gesper is a problem. The entire like, it, there's no there's no hiding that. Mm-hmm. But what what is it that has put it put it over the top? And I think that's that's where making these banning and eroding decisions get hard. I think I think the people figured out a, to, how to build a deck that negated the what's supposed to be a drawback of the card, and he's multi unit. Yeah. So when you get two of them out. Uh, you kind of mm-hmm. just win. Um, so, and then I've heard people want to errata him, and I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in most other card games, I would support the errata over the ban. Mm-hmm. But not- well, and, and a perfect example is, uh, remember, uh, again, going back to Dr. Light, because it's the one you and I know the most. Mm-hmm. Remember they errated him at first yeah, and only made it during a certain phase of the game, and you know what that did? That did nothing. Yeah, it that didn't do anything. It just took away the stupid combat tricks that he had access to doing it. Exactly. But like, so it instead was, of waiting for the combat phase to kill you, they just killed you in the beginning of the turn. Yeah. Um, but So here's why in this game I don't want to see the errata. I'd rather see the ban. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, when you get Final Fantasy, it comes with an IP, right? And the way they design cards is actually based on the IP. When you had Marvel, mm-hmm. right, everything was unique, right? Every character was unique, there, unless you had Army, right? You had Sentinel or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in this game, you have unique characters, and you have those Army-type characters, the multi-unit characters. And they're from the yeah. IP, and they're multi-unit because they're, you know, they're just a rando in the game. They're a monster. Um, yep. So people calling for the take-away-the-multi-unit thing, I, I get it, and it's definitely a good good thing for the balance of the game but coming from the ip i don't think they're going to do that because it doesn't make sense for for them as like as a you know because finally you know square enix owns the game um yep 
So I don't really see that as a way to do it. Uh, same with Thaumaturge. People are like, oh, make Thaumaturge unique, right? Uh, same issue with that. Uh, it's it's it, The games that it's in, it's a generic class, so it's going to be multi-unit. Uh, and then the other one was, uh, you know, make the discard part of the cost. Uh, yep. And, yeah, I mean, that'll fix the card because it'll make it suck. Yep. <laughs> so... Why why make a card unplayable when you could just ban it and then at least like later I guess if we want to be stupid and go back and play like if there's a rotation that happens and then we have a standard and a whatever if you want to well, play Gesper in that then unban him there you know well and not only that right like, I'm glad I'm actually glad you said that that was that was the perfect way to put that because when you look at when you ban a card that doesn't mean it's gone forever like i'm I'm, again i'm gonna use magic as a perfect example of for the longest time i I think i don't think jace the mind sculptor was ever in modern until recently i think he was just kind of like all right now he's too good for this format we're not going to put him in here well you know this past year they unbanned him and he hasn't really had the impact that the community thought he was gonna have Mm mm-hmm so Jace is a very powerful card, and he when I say he didn't have an impact, he didn't have like a direct impact like the card itself. The meta, the entire way the format was played, changed because the card was brought back. Meaning decks became faster, they became more combo centric because by the time because if you wanted to pretty much have your opponent out of the game and done before Jace hit the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe if they ban Gesper three or four sets from now, there's a card that's like, or a couple cards, or the, 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 the format changes to a point where you don't care about monsters anymore. You don't care about not having a hand because you can play stuff from other resources. So now they can be like, well, let's revisit bringing Gesper back. Yeah. Maybe Gesper isn't the impact player he is now. So just because you want to ban, and I guess I said all that to say this, I don't think banning a card is bad because they can always bring it back down the yeah, I think it's only bad if it comes like a slippery slope kind of thing, where like everybody starts asking for bands of ridiculous stuff, right? Yes, because that it wasn't too long ago that people were calling for the Genesis ban. Yeah, and I didn't think he should be banned. I thought he was just too strong. Um, oh yeah, I think Gesper is above that now. Like, it's just because of the situation. Like, okay, yeah, Genesis playing and then dulling freezing your guys. It sucks. Um, mm-hmm. he's just a really, really strong card. I wouldn't really consider, yeah. like, say that he's, like, overly broken. Um. No, he's the best ice card ever printed still, yeah. but. And you need, um, you need strong cards like that to, to make certain, some decks fun, right? Like. Absolutely. Otherwise, like, everything's gonna be super bland. You yeah. know? You want powerful stuff. You want stuff to feel powerful. And you don't want to have to what? pay nine mana for everything to feel powerful, you know? Absolutely, and guess what? After next week, every single person playing this game will have a playset of Genesis. So, uh, yeah, the starter deck's gonna be great. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, I'm I'm siding with the ban right now, but like, it's not gonna make me stop playing the game. Uh, sure. I just think that it would be healthy for the the competitive scene if that card is gone. All right, so now let's now let's go ahead and keep going down this this uh, this slippery slope. So say they go ahead and ban Gesper. Mm-hmm. Say they, you know, when Op- at Opa Seven release they drop this uh, this FAQ or some kind of note saying, oh by the way, Gesper is now banned in standard constructed format. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? 
Uh, I don't mean there's like a, a. I don't mean like as far as the people, as far as an outcry or the good, the bad. I'm talking about like what happens to the game. Uh, what I think slower like, slower decks have a chance again, like slower decks that aren't Earthwind, because I think the only reason Earthwind is a slow deck. The only reason mm-hmm. that it has a chance against a meta that has turbo in it right now is because their forwards are just good answers to what they have. Like sometimes their forwards, you could just play them early against turbo and you win the game. Um, right. And no other real slow decks have that advantage, really. Um, mm. If you're playing like Urian J. Mill or something like that, it's not that it's a bad deck. I think the deck's good. Uh, but if you run into turbo, sometimes you just lose. Like, you have to hope for like maybe a burst to get you an extra card to be able to pay for something. Uh, you better hope that you go first. Um, yeah, I mean, for like really slow decks, I think it's hard to deal with it. And the more optimized that deck gets, the worse it's going to get. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like every time, every time I go, I've gone to a major tournament, that Turbo's been there, which is all of them. The deck is incredibly different from the tournament before. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 for example, uh, you know the list that uh, Chris, like, and even in the same tournament, they'll be different. Like, look at Chris Lopez and Chris Neal. Both of them on Turbo. Both of them playing two very different lists, but the the outcome is still the same, and the core parts are still the same. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at three Gespers. You're looking at all the discard stuff. It's the top end that's different. And yeah. I, I think there are, you know, there are cards. Top. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say this right now. There are, there are cards that are going to be in every build, right? I mean, I, I can yep. say I can say it really quick. Three Gesper, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Three Thaumaturge, hundred percent. Three Sidal Stain. Probably three Squall. Probably yeah, three Squall. Yeah, hundred percent. Probably three Argath. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen some people run two, and I think that's probably fine. Three Kazusa. Yeah, three, yeah, three Kazusa. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, uh, I think it's just where you want to go. Yeah. Like a great example is uh, the Japanese list and the, the Masters tournament. Some of them were running the, the, they were running a copy of the Light Cloud from Opus 4, which I think is neat in context with uh, you know the DGS guys and all that. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I do so think, I, I think the deck has become more skillful. Um, oh, 100%. But that doesn't make me think that it's still like not fun. Like it, the, it, it abuses the stack in a way that is skillful. Um, yeah, and which is cool. But like, it, still, Gesper. I still think Gesper is like just so unfun. I think I think that's really my biggest thing. It's not. He's. I think he is broken. But I think he's mm-hmm. also like really really unfun. Like I think Genesis was broken. But at least like there were like if you, they played Genesis on my board, and they dull and froze my guy. Like I didn't feel like I was just like out of the game instantly. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. one guesper is frustrating, and then the second guesper hits the board, and you feel like you can't win, unless you mm-hmm. already have a board at that point. So, yeah. or you have the ability to play like a Ramu to get rid of it. Yeah, and then monster removal is not cheap, you know, unless you're playing like wind. Mm-hmm. You got to pay true. at least three CP. So if you're already in top deck mode and you don't have any backups, you're not casting any monster removal unless you're playing wind. So, mm-hmm. and even then you just spent a turn to kill their Gesper. You might just die. Yeah. yeah, it feels bad. It definitely feels bad. So as far as now, as far as, you know, this talk goes, is there anything else in this game that is even remotely close of being considered banned or errata worthy? I think probably the second strongest card in the game is Dottaluma. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think when you... When you're looking at making decks in the current meta, right? Mm-hmm. It's can you can you deal with turbo? 
And a lot of times dealing with Turbo is like, can I accept a coin flip with them? Can I get my mm-hmm. deck to a point where like I can beat them, but understand that I might still lose? And I think that's why it's hard to tech for them. And so a lot of mm-hmm. people will just put in some good forwards that allow them to have staying power and try to beat them mm-hmm. before they get locked out. Sure. Um, which I think is probably the best thing you can do. Um, mm-hmm. Then after that, you're like, can my deck kill Dotaluma without everything just getting annihilated on my side of the board? And when I say mm-hmm. Dotaluma, I really mean Dotaluma Cactuar. Cause like, right, so I, and I'm glad you said that, because I think the question is, we, we talk about uh, a ban being put on Gesper, do you think Dotaluma should be a card that sees an errata? Um, I don't know, that's hard for me to say. I, don't, I, I do think he is oppressive, and I do think Dotaluma Double Cactuar is probably as oppressive as like one Gesper, but not as, not as much as two. Probably more oppressive than one know. Gesper. It's, I don't know. It's probably, I, think, I, think, I think it's probably more oppressive, more oppressive than one Gesper, but not, I don't think it's more oppressive than two Gesper. And also, it usually takes them longer to get to that point. And they're not just erasing your answers every turn. You get what I'm saying? Well, no, they're definitely erasing your answers every turn. Uh, you just get the chance. You get, you they, get the chance to play it. First. They're erasing That's your different. forward answers, but you have a, like you can play Ramu, right? Like you could. If if they kill your board one turn and deal a point of damage, like say they play Dotaluma and two Cactuars are already yeah. out, and they kill your board, you can have answers yeah. in your hand that aren't forwards that can yeah. kill a Cactuar and kill a Dotaluma. You're probably going to end up spending like six to seven CP though, which doesn't feel great because they only spent five. Exactly, um, exactly, and you're still coming out ahead. Now the question is, if you were if you were to errata Dotaluma to say if he takes damage from opponent's effects. I mean, he would be, the, he would be more balanced. Still- he would be more balanced. Um, he would see less play because Dotaluma Cactuar would effectively be shut off. Like it wouldn't even be a combo anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't use a Stolar or Terra or anything like that either. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he would definitely see less play if he did it. He would definitely be more fair if he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's more unfair than Gesper. I don't. Um, and then I think there's just, like, because he's not, like I said, he's not erasing your answers. Like, he's not making you discard cards in your hand. And there's no answer to that mechanic. Like, you can kill monsters. You can kill Dotaluma. just, you know, might feel terrible. And you might lose mm-hmm. stuff in the process. You can kill Gesper, but you have to waste your whole turn to kill Gesper. And then mm-hmm. you might still just lose the next turn because he might have three guys out. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, if you've got to the point where you kill Dotaluma and a Cactuar and they have three guys out, then... The game has gone way long, you know? Mm-hmm. There's also cards that are immune to damage, right? Like, outside of combat. And they deal with Dotaluma just fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's nothing that's... There's no card of the game that's like, I can't discard now, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no card that's like, okay, this is out, mm-hmm. so now I get to keep my cards. You can play a card into Dotaluma and be like, okay, you can't target this, you can't damage it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, like, but uh, I guess, well, I guess, what I'm saying is, is if you remove one, does the other become the most oppressive and most powerful thing? And I, I, I guess, mean, that, I guess that's that. That's and and that's what I mean by like when I said earlier, the slippery slope, the state of the game. That's that's always that's always a that's always a yeah. a risk you have to consider when you do look to remove pretty much an entire archetype from the game. So there's always going to be. A most oppressive, right? Can't not do that. Like it's always going to be there. It's just sure. how much more oppressive is it than everything else that exists? 
and are there answers? And mm-hmm. there are answers to Gesper. So the issue is, and this is a question that we always talk about, I think, in our group chats and a lot of times, is like, mm-hmm. yeah, there are things that kill Gesper. Can you play it? <laughs> you know what I'm yep. saying? Like, that's the mm-hmm. difference between Gesper and Dotaluma. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. there are answers to Dotaluma. Eventually, I will get to play it. Can Dotaluma mm-hmm. lock me out of a game? Yes, it can. Like Dotaluma Cactuar. Um, but is it easier for Dotaluma to lock you out of a game than it is for Gesper to lock you out of a game? And my answer would be no. Um, but I do think Dotaluma is oppressive. I don't disagree with that at all. And I do think that that deck becomes better when Gesper leaves because it's a slow deck and slow decks will benefit. Uh, but then it opens up for even slower, greedier decks, right? That can fuck with Wind Earth that you can't even mm. play right now. You can't even think about playing those those decks because mm. they're they're just even slower than Wind Earth, and they're not going to beat Turbo at all. They're, they, if you play that deck, you're just hoping to avoid Turbo the entire right. tournament. So, and I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can enter a tournament right now and just hope to avoid that deck. All right, so now I guess the the next question here, and probably the last the last part of this thing, uh, at least in regards to Final Fantasy, say nothing changes. We're going into Opus Seven. We've seen a lot of spoilers, and again, it comes up in a lot of our group chats. Like we're talking about these cards, and we're again, it says, "Can we play it with Turbo in there?" What do you think Opus Prediction time? What do you think Opus Seven looks like if? Turbo doesn't change. Like if 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 everything stays the way it is, and all these new you know this new sets coming in, new decks are going to be you know brewing time is happening, and turbo but turbo is still the same oppressive engine that it was. What do you think happens in the meta? Um, I mean, I'll say this for myself. I'll still play things for fun. I'll still have fun with other decks. I still want to play more Final Fantasy VII stuff. I want to try Fire. There's a lot of cool new cards in Fire. I don't know how good mm-hmm. they are yet. Uh, Fire Earth looks cool. It might be a contender. But mm-hmm. but if Turbo is the best deck, and I still feel the same way about Turbo now, and I do feel like Turbo is actually going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I do too. If I'm going to a major tournament, and I, f- I still feel the same way I feel now, I feel like I might be doing myself a disservice to not play the deck. And I'm not even an aggro yeah. player. Like I don't I don't really enjoy aggro decks. But mm-hmm. and I and I feel like. It's kind of like I don't know the way to say this without sounding like a jackass. Like it's not really like it's not really like my duty to do it or anything like that. But I think that in order for them to see that it's a problem, mm-hmm. more people need to play it and win with it. And yeah. I'm not, and I'm not yeah. saying that has to be me. And I'm not saying I'm going to win every event that I take Turbo to because it's definitely the biggest problem I think with the deck is it's not 100 percent consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to be bringing it to a lot of places if if it doesn't oh, change. Yeah, I, yeah, I've already said that. You know, moving forward, I feel like if you if you're a competitive player and you don't have Turbo Ice sleeved up in your in your arsenal of decks, mm-hmm. you're messing up. I, I think every single competitive player should have it. Not not just for the chance, but like I should probably play this at this event just so you can always have it just on the ready to test decks you might want to play. Yep. Yeah, I mean. It, 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 if you're not gonna play it, it has to be a consideration for like. Oh, one hundred percent. It's always it? it's always there. Like, cause I know when all you guys were testing for Nats, and I was even t- I was testing for the L- uh, the LCQ. Dude, Turbo was in in my top three decks to play, and yeah, and, it would it, it would have been foolish to not consider it. And I think I've, I've said this a few times before, and I'll 
probably end in a minute or two because we're almost coming up on an hour. But like, it, I'm not. I don't think the ban should happen because the deck is so oppressive that it wins everything and it's unbeatable. Right. I think that they should ban it because it's when it does happen, it, it is really oppressive and it makes the game not fun. Like, look it at makes you have to look at all of your cards through like a different lens. Yeah, and and like I said, I'm not fine. I'm fine with other cards keeping other cards in check as long as it there's still answers to the cards that are keep that are checking the other cards. Um, but like, look at Curtis yesterday when he won. Did Curtis look proud of himself after he won yesterday? Right? Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying like he should feel good. Like it's fine. He brought a deck that's like it exists and it's really dumb, and he, he won with it. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. not mad at him for playing it at all. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't blame him for for bringing it. Even you know, I don't blame him for bringing it at all. Um, but like he, he didn't really look like he was having fun either, you know. And he mm-hmm. was winning. Yeah. And but I could confidently say that I had fun the whole day, even though I was playing oh, yeah. like a subpar deck. I I wouldn't say that that deck's like anywhere close to tier one or tier, probably not even tier two. But it, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's it was it's not bad, you know. But then, then you saw what happens when it runs up against like the tier one turbo buzzsaw. Yeah, and I have answers to turbo in the deck, but I have to see them, and, yeah, and that goes back to the problem of seeing them. Yeah, then they also have to live. Like I, I was in control of the first game when I had wall, and then said I'll stain. Yeah, I couldn't do anything about it. Well, I had right, I then, had enough card, I had cards in my hand, but he was able to make me discard all my cards and place it all stain. So. Exactly, and now now here's and here's the the I guess the, the final question. We'll end on this. So we talk about Gesper being the, the problem card, but like, and I know we kind of briefly touched on it while we were talking earlier today. What is it? What is what's going to make give Turbo the highest percentage chance of winning? Is it getting that double Gesper, or is is it getting that triple discard on turn one, and then following up with like a sit all stain turn two when you try to dump your hand to respond to the to the pressure that it puts on? Yeah. Like what what it what is what is it that gives it the higher winning percentage? Is it one or the other? So, I mean, the, the longer I think about it, I think it's probably the initial discard and then you want to see your stuff after that allows you to keep going. Um mm-hmm. So, if you can get double Gesper turn 1, I don't think you lose like at all. I don't really see how you lose. If it's like double Gesper Thaumaturge or something like that, I think that has to be the nut draw, right? Um, I would probably say if you get like double Gesper, maybe like double Gesper Kazuza. Well, I feel like at that point, the Thaumaturge well, forces them to play a forward. forward. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Thaumaturge forces them to have to immediately play a forward. Or they're just going to keep taking one, 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 one. And if the follow up yeah. is like another forward or a Genesis, and then you eventually draw to your set all stain. And then the, the other issue is like they're searching and you're losing cards while they're gaining cards. Yep. Because of the way that they abuse the stack. So. Yeah, dude, I even, I even almost think like double Gesper, DGS Soldier. Oh, that's the two probably drop. fine. Yeah, double. I, I think that's a great opener. Yeah, that's probably fine too. I mean, it's one card difference, but like you get another card in your hand. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because then if they dump their hand for a forward, you just slam the Genesis, and then you're in great shape. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, n- none of this sounds bad. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, like, and and that that just shows you what the deck can do, and and that's where it has evolved into the, a very skill intensive deck. It is. It it it's not like as one dimensional as it was. Well, it's still one dimensional. It still does one thing, but it's not as like cut and dry as it was before. Um, yeah. 
And I still think sometimes you just win, though. Like, sometimes, like, the, the plays are just there. You just kind of do it. Especially once you get oh, yeah. two Gespers online. You just, like, okay, how much of my hand can I play? And then I'm going to make them pitch whatever they drew. You yep. Know? And that's it. Um, yep. I agree. I agree. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of our take on what we think. Again, again, like, I think overall, we've said it before, the game is super, super balanced. So, there, there's really... I haven't really had an outcry for any kind of ban or errata, but if they were to, if they were to like errata or ban some things for the sake of keeping the game on that, uh, keeping it balanced like it is, I wouldn't be upset with any choices. Like if they ban Gasper, fine, that's cool. You know, I it doesn't it makes Turbo Ice unplayable, but Tempo well, Mid Range Ice, guess what, is still super playable. Well, you know the funny thing is like Turbo could still be a deck without Gasper, but they'll they'll run out, they will run out of gas. Like that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And and the DGS package which go right, like you that's probably oh, gone because you you take away like the long like value game and you go back to like the all in like Snow right, like the original deck. Yeah. And that yep, can still, Laguna. yeah, and that can still beat you before you mm-hmm. get to play. Yep. Um, but the thing is, they don't have Gasper to take you into the late game, right? Like yeah. they're either gonna beat you or they're gonna run out of gas. And they mm-hmm. still have Sid Stain, and they still have they can still go triple discard turn one without Gasper. Yeah. Uh, they, and some builds are still running Sephiroth. They're they're running Umaro, which yeah, yeah without Gasper, Umaro kind of gets worse. But not with the introduction of a card like Bubliz. If Gesper's gone, instead of that, you're searching out Bablizz to search out your win condition, which is Shiva. Yeah, so I don't think the deck is gone, but it definitely ain't Tier 1 no more. I will say that. Yeah. But I think that it could still be an aggro deck that could beat you before you get the chance mm-hmm. to play. It's just not going to lock you out of the game instantly, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's just... And that feels more like an actual aggro deck to me, where they can still strip you early, and they can mm-hmm. still beat you before you get to play your answers... But it's going to come to a point where you can play your answers, right? And that, and that's like aggro decks in every other card game. Like you go back to go again, go back to versus, which is what we know. Like Little Brotherhood, if Little Brotherhood didn't kill you by turn three or four, they probably weren't going to. Right. If in Magic, if uh, if the mono red aggro didn't kill you by turn four or five or maybe even six. They're probably not going. I see people make that argument, and like I don't play Magic, so I couldn't tell you the comparison mm-hmm. there. But if that deck does run out of steam, I think that's the big difference for me. Like this deck, like Turbo, mm-hmm. some some games, man. Like, and I say some games, I mean like probably fifty percent at least of the games that they play. Like they're not going to run out of steam because you're not going to have any gas to stop them. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they take all. They they have they run out of gas, but they don't give you any gas to to you know get going. Yeah, it's almost like they're siphoning your gas, right? Yeah. It, it's insane. It's uh, hose in the gas can. Hose yeah. in the gas can. So yeah, yeah it, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a weird paradigm that that this deck has. It's it's interesting. It's very <laughs> very. Your paragon is not working, bro. It's up. Oh my god, Jesus! <laughs> but yeah, I, I think with that, uh, are like, you doing a Greco thing? Are you doing a Greco thing? Yeah, I think I think that like that's pretty much it. Like I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. Um, that's just my thought on it. Um, you know. And I'm, yeah, I'm, and I guess no. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm open to have that conversation with anyone, but I don't think it's really going to change my mind much. Um, and I, I get yeah. why people sit on the other side of the fence, and I'm not. I don't think that they're blatantly wrong. Uh, yeah, because I mean, clearly, if you look at the results from Euros, turns, but also too, like you can't you you got to look at that with like a grain of salt too, right? Because a two deck format makes it makes deck construction very very different. Yeah. 
and it, it, it kind of skews the you know the math and like if you're looking at like a normal tournament with like best of one one deck which is where turbo just absolutely shines mm-hmm. so you know like I said, we'll see i think that really all we can do is see what happens when opus 7 drops and we start looking at the competitive season yep um because you know there's a lot of new archetypes coming up again like my mind is just straight laser focused on building this really awesome earth fire deck and i can't wait to try it at like cauldron cup i'm going to try it at a if i have the pieces by our uh, soldier series event i may try to just play it in that yep so i don't know but i definitely i'm going to be proxying up what i what i'm going to have in it which is there's no card i haven't seen yet that i don't think is going to go in it and i want to i'm gonna proxy it up and want to try it this week just to see you know where i'm at you know, with it, yep. but, but, uh, that's neither here nor there, but we'll see what happens when, uh, when, you know, with, with the state of the game and the state of turbo when Opus seven comes out. But, uh, I mean, really that's all I got for this week. I'm glad to, glad to be back in the saddle. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. I don't got anything else. So, yeah. So, uh, with that, we'll probably go ahead and sign off for this week. You know, we got to thank you all for listening. Uh, hopefully the audio isn't too terrible because we are phoning this in. We're on our, on our walkie talkies here, our progresso <laughs> cans with the string. So, yeah, well, thanks for listening as always. And, you know, keep the eye out for all these events coming up. Thanks for watching the Cecil Cup this past weekend. And just thank you for being you. Yep. We'll see you next time. See you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.